0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Uh, So the house of God, which is the church of the living God, it's the pillar and the ground of truth, and that isn't your home. That isn't my home. And I understand the big picture. Motives matter. Philosophy of ministry matters. So we left off this morning talking about uh, what has been happening culturally with churches, or you could say so-called churches, with all of these programs and activities and quote-unquote ministries for youth and i want to say this we encourage families to all things that we do here at the church and we do our 11am especially our morning church service to corporately bring all of the families together but if we ever do a program quote unquote if we ever have a bible class or a sunday school or a or a one day vbs like we did here a few weeks ago parents will always be welcome to any and to all activities And when we do a Sunday school Or we do a one day VBS Our motive is to build up the family To edify the family It is never to try to under undermine the family And we want to stay in our lane The church is the pillar and ground of truth And when families come here We want to teach them Bible truth That's our goal That's our goal in other words, we know our houses, and we stay in our lane, and we are not going to dumb down the God. Try to separate kids and dumb down the gospel. No, if they're ever separated in a Sunday school class, parents are always welcome, and the gospel will never be dumbed down. We're always going to stay on course with, with Bible truth. But um, let's turn to First Corinthians chapter sixteen. We'll just look at one of these um because in the book in the early church and in we can look at this Corinthian church here the church could meet at someone's house First Corinthians chapter 16 the bible says in verse 19 1 Corinthians 16:19 the churches of asia salute you will and priscilla salute you much in the lord with the church that is in their house you can see that they met in the house and you can also see clearly the distinction right there in front of us it clearly says with the church that is in their house that means that's where they met but there was still a a a church and a home distinction meaning your house your home your family is distinct from it's another lane when we get into the house of God let me say this the house of God needs your house and your house needs the house of God it makes no difference what roof is over us and it makes no difference what walls surround us your house is not the house your family is not the house of God your house is if we dismissed everybody and said, oh, "Okay, everybody's dismissed. You're all free to go over to Kelly's house," he's just say, "Well, wait a minute, preach. That's my house. Well, you know, the church it met at the house, so you know, it's the it's the what's the difference? Well, the difference is there's your family, there's that house, there's that home, and then there is the Church of God, and they're they're distinct." They're distinct and separate lanes and separate entities. Family needs the church. Church needs a family. Yes, the church is. Yes, the church is made up of, of families because they've trusted Christ. We get all that. How it crosses and it blends. But the distinction is you've got your house, your family, and then there is the church of God. And It's important to have both of those lanes. Um, Colossians 4, you don't have to turn turn there, but it says, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. So apparently there were churches in Laodicea and then this fellow Nymphos, he had a, a, they were congregating or assembling in his house. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we seem to have a problem nowadays with Taking these verses Get Matthew chapter 18 Because people say Well I don't go to church Because we do home church So let's try to open up this thought And exhaust this thought Probably not going to exhaust it But let's at least open it up I want to know why are you doing home church I want to know the motive behind it Motive matters philosophy of ministry matters look at Matthew 18 verse 20 the Bible says for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the midst of them so that's the verse that the home churchers use now I homeschool but the key word in that is school There's a lot of parents that home their children, but they don't school them. In other words, by the time they're 16, 17, 18, they need to know how to learn. They need to know how to read. They need to know how to write, do arithmetic and science and uh, geography. And they need to have learned some things. So we're not homing. We're homeschooling. We have to school them. Well, when you're home churching, a lot of these people are just homing. (laughs) There's no church. It's just people getting together because they can't either a get along with anybody, or b dad's on such a control trip or mom's on such a control trip that they can't get along with anybody, and they use this verse as their text verse to stay out of church. Well, two or three are gathered. See, there's two or three right there. Okay, now go to Ephesians four. Look at Ephesians four. Verse number 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some, here it is, pastors and teachers. If you're going to claim, well, the early church met in houses, yes, they did. But the early church also had pastors and teachers. (laughs) So who's the pastor of the home church? Who's who's the teachers and pastors? That's part of it as well. We can't use one verse at the exclusion of other. Get Hebrews chapter number 10. If we were meeting at uh, Brother Kelly's house and doing home church at his house, you know what would happen at the end of it? Hey, everybody go home to your own house. This is my house now. I, I'm going to have lunch with my family. I'm going to do stuff. With my family You see that lane those two lanes of Distinction there Not the roof and the walls We know that Hebrews 10 24 It says And let us consider One another to provoke unto love And to good works Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves Together as the manner of Some is But exhorting one another And so much the more As you see the day approaching When we looked at Matthew 18 And it said Where two or three are gathered together In my name I am in the midst of thee You're not gathering together In the name of the Lord If you can't have a pastor And a teacher And if you can't be exhorted And if you can't consider someone else And if you can't Provoke and be provoked And exhort and be exhorted Unto love and to good works You can't, it's impossible So we take one passage of scripture And we build a doctrine around it Instead of looking at all of the scriptures And getting a complete context Again, nothing wrong with Meeting at someone's home But we still need to draw A line of distinction in lanes So we stay in our lanes And understand that Yes, your family matters, your family matters to the church, and the church matters to your family, but one are not the same. If you do home church because there's no good church in your area, I understand you're stuck. You've got a problem, and I understand that. We've got a couple of solutions for that. One, you can move. And many people have done that. Number two, if you're listening to me online and you live in Putnam County, Tennessee, we're a good church. You can come here. Why? Because there will be other people here that will exhort you and you can exhort. There will be other people here that will provoke you and you could be provoked. And there will be other people here that will help teach you. Because the church was given pastors and teachers will give you a chance to have the body of believers here, assembling here, gathering here to know you, you know them. And guess what? It helps everybody grow. There's been families that have come and gone, and I understand some of it's for good reasons, some of it's for not so good reasons. And if you have to leave a church because there's been a a major problem or a doctrinal issue, those matters are certainly serious and understandable. But to leave over petty things, it hurts. It doesn't just hurt your family. It hurts the families that are here because it hurts the children that are here. It hurts the children that have to leave. Why? Because... We're stronger united. And we have to put aside, well, I do this at my, at my house. Okay, fine, that's your lane. Be okay with someone doing something else at their house that you wouldn't do at your house. When we come to the church house. We come to the house of God. Let's all do our best to just gather around God's word, God's truth, and stay in our lane. Um, I'll give you an example of why people have quit going to church. This is just one of many. You have so-called ministers that tell their people that there's nothing wrong with an abortion. Abortion isn't ungodly. You have preachers that won't preach against that in their pulpit. They just won't mention it. So may I just say unapologetically that abortion is ungodly. It's not reproductive health care. It is death care. Well, there's no care in it. It's uncare. Um, basically, what we have going on in our nation is an infant holocaust, and it's it's just a death camp because these people don't care. And I'm not going to stand outside of an abortion clinic and, and, and protest abortion because that's a that's a government thing. I'm not going to change the government not going to change their policy but you know what i can do i can stand out there and talk to one of those young people i can stand out there and say hey let me introduce you to jesus christ here's what he did for you here's what he would have for you here's what he wouldn't want you to do with your body he created you he created your baby And, and explain to that person that's That's not uh, just a fetus. That's something, someone that God put inside you, and God wants you to care for that baby. Well, no one has ever cared for me. That's why I'm here, to introduce you to someone who does care enough for you to die for you. And we can just kind of go on and open that conversation up. But my role as an individual Christian isn't to try to change the government. The House of Israel, we talked about that national stuff this morning. I can't change the government. You can't change the government. I'm not going to try to. But I can as an individual Christian, and we can as a local church, we can stand outside a clinic like that, and we can stay in our lane, and we can give them... The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and talk them down before they make a decision that they're going to regret. And because too many preachers have gotten wrapped up into either A, not taking a stand, B, taking the wrong stand and trying to shut down government, or C, just joining hands, lock, stock, and barrel with this crowd that just hates, hates families, really. That's the whole idea is to control the population and get people to hate families. We're going to preach the gospel. God helping me, I want to use the pulpit that God placed me behind to preach the gospel. And not only that, when we come across something in the Bible, don't shy away from it because the church is the pillar and ground of truth. You come across truth, you have to preach it. People tend to be okay with doctrine as long as you don't make application and step on their toes. And there is forgiveness in anyone that has got wrapped up in that abortion stuff or has even had an abortion. There is forgiveness to be found. But the church of God that doesn't take a stand against these things that are wrong is wrong. Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse number one. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall, we try that again. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But here's the warning. Whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. This is a powerful passage of scripture. and It's an offense to God to offend the little ones, to offend children. And like we just talked about, this culture of death, this culture of separating families, this culture of abortion that this world has embraced, God says and God warns, you are better off killing yourself than offending one of my little This is the only instance in the Bible where God says suicide's okay. And He gives the analogy that says, you know what? You might as well just tie a millstone, go out to sea, or go out in some lake and jump off and drown yourself, than offend one of my little ones. God is very serious about little ones. And to offend them, He gives this almost grueling word picture that says, you're better off killing yourself than offending one of my special children that I've created that are so innocent. Some use this verse, we'll back up on another thought over here. To, to get out of lane, and, and I would say, fall off, just ride right off the lane and fall into a Drive off into a cliff And say see here This is a verse Where children weren't Removed from worship And they'll build a doctrine around This verse and say do you see How When the disciples came unto Jesus all the Little children Were there with the Disciples with the adults and Jesus Were there and They use that verse to build a doctrine that says anytime you have a Sunday school or a one day VBS, we did a one day VBS. We just had our folks, but that's okay. Everybody's invited them. And, yeah, we're having fun, but we're not changing doctrine. We're not trying to slip Jesus in. No, Jesus is the main thing. We had a great time with it. So we can't take a verse like this and build a doctrine around it because the question here, the more important teaching here is, watch what it says. What is Jesus trying to get everybody to see? Whosoever shall humble himself as this little child. Any program, any lesson Any Bible school, any one day VBS, the question that we all have to ask ourselves is, are we teaching little ones to receive Jesus Christ or not? If we're not, then it's wrong. If we are, then we're on course with Bible. Look at verse number six. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones. to tell you how we can offend our little ones. Parents and even church leaders and even church people, adults, we can offend little ones by being inconsistent with what we say. They see that hypocrisy. And the idea is we should humble ourselves hypocrisy is seen so clearly by little ones but they can't say anything they can't quite put all the thoughts together but as they grow they continually see this hypocrisy and the whole idea of this verse is jesus is trying to get them to humble themselves he's teaching humility through a little child children see and absorb so much it's just that they don't have a Voice. They don't have a public voice, but they see it all. Then they finally get to an age and they've been so offended from church people, from so-called ministers, from so-called youth pastors. And they're so offended because they've seen hypocrisy their whole life. They've seen no humility and they wonder why. We wonder why they go off and want nothing to do with church. I think they should give it another shot. I think they should try to find the best church that they can find and be a part of it. But I, nonetheless, I get and I understand when people finally get to a point where they're like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just done. They have been so offended through pridefulness. And they see no humility. And they just throw out their hands and say, I'm done. Let's not offend little ones. Don't give yourself liberty, but no one else that same liberty. Because guess what? Little ones don't stay little. They grow up to be big. We need to have the house of God. We need to have the church, the pillar and ground of truth, to teach humility and to embrace these principles that Jesus taught here in Matthew 18. Go to Luke chapter 2. Too. What's the motive motive matters always never just look at what somebody's doing or not doing Always look at the motive ask questions get an understanding Then ultimately parents have to make a decision What's for what's best for their house even at the church house but let's look at Luke 2, 41. The Bible says, now his parents, in Luke chapter 2, verse 41, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. You got Jesus in the temple without his parents. (laughs) How do you explain that one? That's God himself as a child. Jesus as a child. That's hard to wrap your mind around to begin with. He's with doctors. He's at the temple. He's where all the adults are worshiping. And he's separated from his parents. Well, is that sinful? No, Jesus never sinned. But there he is. There he is, and, it's, and he's not with his parents. Now let's keep reading. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk, acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. That's a pretty long time. That's Jesus. Worshiping, that's Jesus teaching, that's Jesus uh, asking questions and hearing questions, sitting in the midst of the doctors. Here it is, both hearing them and asking them questions. We'll pull him out of there. He's been separated from his parents. No, what's going on? system I'm trying to pull out, is there's motive. There's the philosophy of the ministry at the house of God that matters more than we've. Got to be able to reel that in And all That heard him Were astonished at his understanding and answers And when they saw him They were amazed and his mother said unto him Son why hast thou Thus dealt with us Behold thy father and I have sought thee sorrow And he said unto them How is it that you Sought me Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Watch this. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. See that last verse? It says, and was subject unto them. The motive of our ministry (coughs) is to teach children, and any lesson we do to be subject unto their parents, like Jesus was. Jesus had all the answers, never sinned. Yet he was subject to his parents. His parents sinned, his parents made mistakes. And so guess what? We tell the kids, your parents are gonna sin, your parents are gonna make mistakes. But be like Jesus, be subject unto your parents. That's our motive, that's our philosophy of ministry. Is to teach children to be subject unto their parents. Motive matters. Philosophy of ministry. It definitely matters. The Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 20. Children obey your parents in all things. For this is well pleasing unto the Lord. This is written to the church at Colossae. But this isn't at church meaning. Parents, you just have to obey. Or children, you just have to obey your parents. If if, if you're if you're at the church house, you just have to obey them. No, you've got to be able to obey whoever your teacher is. You got a Sunday school teacher. You got a Bible teacher. You got just adults. (laughs) It's this principle of obedience. That's what we want to teach. Now, again, we have your house. We spoke about that. This morning, and now we are talking, we're finishing up the thought on the house of God, church house, the church, the pillar and ground of truth. We have to stay in our lane. Teaching children to be obedient to what? The Bible, God's word and their parents. I'm not their parent. They have parents. I have to be able to hand that off and say, okay families okay parents now you go train them up there has to be a line or there has to be a lane that we stay in and distinguish i think that helps us all out i mentioned this morning um, a documentary i watched years back and this idea that children grow up and they use the world's crude language and they adopt hollywood fashions for their dress code and They listen to songs that the top 40 music industry puts out and the world puts out. Um, And they grew up in church at the same time and they blame the VBS and they blame the Sunday school. And like we already distinguished, there's some blame to be put on some of these programs that are completely out of line with God's word. But you also have to say, you have to ask this question. What if it's because you as a parent never got in your lane and got your house in order and taught your children spiritual things? It's easy to blame the preacher. We're always looking. Human nature is always looking for somebody to blame. You know, COVID hit. We need somebody to blame. I'm not going to get into all that, but think of another situation so we get our minds off of that. We look for somebody to blame. Let's look at ourselves first. Have we taught them in our own house what's pleasing to the Lord? Also, we would have to ask this or explain this. How do you explain children that have had no Sunday school, no VBS? They never went to a one-day VBS ever. (laughs) They would have, quote-unquote, their perfect church environment How they envisioned it to work so that when their kids grow up, they're superstars for Christ. Because that's what parents do, especially young parents. They paint something in their mind and say, okay, this is what it has to look like. Because when my kids get this age, that'll be what works. There's been many parents that have done that. They've done it all right. And at 16, 17, 18, kids go astray. They can't blame they can't blame pretzels the clown at vbs they can't blame sunday school they can't blame cuz there's nobody to blame they didn't do anything wrong it goes back to earthly house there comes a point when everybody has to make their own decision and that parent didn't do anything, but that child in his earthly house made his own decision and decided, "I'm done with it." Happens all the time. It's sad, <clears throat> but we need to teach our children about what is pleasing unto the Lord, so that they can take a hold of it. Parents that are looking for a guarantee. Or on the other side of it, parents that are looking for someone to blame when it goes wrong, I believe is wrong thinking. I believe we need to change our approach. We need to change our philosophy to ministry and say, whatever we are doing, are we teaching children? Are we teaching families? Are we teaching our folks how to live their life more pleasing unto the Lord? so that when they leave as an individual with their earthly house they can take a hold of it. So when the father and mother leaves when they go to their own house they can take a hold of those principles and teach their children. When we look at nationally someone that's in government they can take a hold of those principles and if we learn to be more pleasing unto the lord that should be our philosophy of ministry. Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The last thing we'll look at very simply is the last house. We had the house of Israel. We had an earthly house. We had your own house. That's the family. We have the house of God, which is the church, pillar and ground of truth. The fifth one we're going to look at, John 14. John 14. Is my father's house. John chapter 14. Bible says. Verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And here it is. Verse number 2. In my father's house. Are many mansions. Were not so. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. The last house. Is my father's house. Which is heaven. How do you know it's heaven? 2 Corinthians 5 1 says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. We looked at that verse earlier this morning. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And the only way you can get a hold of those many mansions, my Father's house, can't be your father's house unless you trust the risen savior the lord jesus christ himself and then you can lay claim of that's my father's house and that's where i'm going when i leave my earthly house thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of pilgrim baptist church we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.